Aging Matters is sponsored in part by the Aging Life Care Association, an organization of aging life care professionals. Aging life care professionals offer guidance, advocacy, and support for older adults and their families in order to maximize quality of life. An aging life care professional can be there for your loved one when you can't be. More information about the Aging Life Care Association is available at www.midatlanticalca.org. Good afternoon and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. Coping with the loss of a family member or close friend may be one of the hardest challenges many of us may ever face. When we lose a spouse, sibling, parent, or child, our grief can be particularly intense. Grief recovery support groups provide help and healing for the hurt of losing a loved one. Today, I have two guests. My first guest is Beth Anton, leader of a grief share group in Northern Virginia. My second guest is Cindy Uncles, a widow and grief share group participant. Beth will talk about grief and loss of a family member or friend, how it impacts surviving family members and friends, and how a grief recovery support program can provide help and healing for the hurt of losing a loved one. Cindy will share her story about losing her husband, John, to COVID-19, and how, as a grief share group participant, she is receiving the support she needs to help her recover from the pain of grief and loss. So welcome, Beth and Cindy, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. Okay, well... As always, and I say this every time on my interview, I like to start out with some basics. And I think it would be helpful, Beth, for you to give us an overview. How do you describe grief or how do you define grief? And and what is the relationship between loss and grief? Thank you, Cheryl. I would say that grief is a normal reaction that we each have in response to losing someone that we love. And we can go through many kinds of losses in our our life journey. Um, There can be loss, for instance, when a person goes through a divorce or a job change or moving from one area to another. But we concentrate, uh, we support people who have lost a loved one to death. That's what Grief Share's purpose is. And can you talk a little bit about grief, the the actual feelings and, you know, maybe a little bit in terms of the period of time and how people react or what is that kind of reaction? Can you talk a little bit more about that? I think that what I would say for um, grief is that it is an absolute devastation, um, devastating pain. Uh, gut-wrenching pain when you've lost someone to death. It is um, usually, I would say, uh, all of our participants would describe it as uh, much deeper 
harder, longer in recovery than they ever would have thought uh, that it would take. Um, one of the uh, therapists or counselors in the videos that we watched say, grief is the price we pay for loving someone. I think that's well said. And, and that is a description that we hope, we all hope we never have to face, but unfortunately do at some point. And, and that leads me to Cindy. Explain what were the circumstances that led to the death of your husband, John? Oh, goodness. Um, we had been on um, a wonderful vacation uh, visiting our son and his husband in Australia. Uh, we were there for about five and a half weeks. Uh, and uh, we were getting ready to come home. Uh, COVID was becoming more and more apparent uh, worldwide. And we were very nervous about coming home. But you know, nothing really was being said about it. So we went on ahead to Sydney, which is where we got our flight back to the States and stayed there for a few days. Uh, we were being very careful, you know, the whole time, washing hands, uh, trying not to touch surfaces that we shouldn't and, and that sort of thing. Um, anyway, we got home and the, the day after we got home, I, I fell sick with COVID and, um, and John took good care of me. Um, he refused to leave my side while I was sick. And I kept telling him to leave and he did not. And then he became sick. And when he became sick, it was much worse than me. About two weeks after I got sick, we both were hospitalized. And um, he was immediately put on oxygen when we got into the hospital. Um, we said goodbye to each other in the emergency room. I said, I'll see you hopefully in a few days. And he said, I love you. I said, I love you. And that was the last I saw of him. Uh, we talked a little bit, you know, via texting or phone while we were both um, in our rooms. Um, he kept getting worse. And after two days, he was put on a ventilator. Uh, and he was on the ventilator for almost two weeks, and there was no improvement. Um, and so my daughter and I had to make the decision to uh, take him off of life support, uh, which was probably one of the hardest things that uh, I have ever had to do. That's quite a story, Cindy. And I am I am thank you for sharing that. That is certainly it's one of those stories that we hear time and time again, and. It's, it's, it's hard to respond listening to your pain. And to that point, I just want to talk about now how this loss, and, and, and certainly something that not only you, Cindy, but many, many, many other people have experienced as well. So let me go back to Beth, and then we can hear from you again, Cindy. How, okay. how, do, how does loss then, Beth, disrupt physical health. What do you see in the individuals who participate in the Grief Share program? I really appreciate this question because I think that people may have a notion that grief is just a sadness that you experience just as you're walking through your life, but grief affects all parts of your yourself, your physical, 
your emotional, your mental health. And so I would say there are many, many uh, factors in grief that affect your physical health. Many people re report insomnia. And so you're already suffering with um, grief and then you're not sleeping. And so then you're feeling worse because you, you're not sleeping. Um, heart palpitations, stomach issues, exhaustion, feeling drained. I think all of those are um, manifestations of grief to people's physical health. And that's just a very short list of effects of grief. And Cindy, what, what was your experience in terms of physical symptoms? Well, I was extremely tired all the time. Now, that, that probably was partially due to having COVID myself, but but just extremely tired. I had to take a nap every day, at, sometimes twice during the day. Um, there was an incident. My, uh, John passed away in April of last year, and then in May, it's probably about six weeks after he passed away, um, I was driving over to visit his mother, and I'm not on the interstate in my car and all of a sudden I'm breathing heavily. My heart is pounding. Um, I, I was tingling in my fingers and my toes and uh, ended up pulling off to the side of the road. And fortunately my daughter was uh, just ahead of me in her car and uh, they called 911 and I ended up in the emergency room thinking I had a heart attack. So um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, that, that was, you know, a physical kind of thing, but it turned out that it was just, you know, anxiety, but, but that was hard. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and Cindy, as long as we're talking, uh, because I was going to cover physical as well as emotional symptoms, and then even mental health, perhaps what you could do is talk a little bit more about mm -hmm. your emotional symptoms and mm -hmm. how this experience impacted your mental health. And then we'll get back to Beth in terms of what she sees with other people. But talk a little bit more about those two. All right. Well, emotionally, you know, of course, I felt I just, uh, uh, horrible sadness, you know, just a horrible sadness over this, you know, how could this be? People over the world were praying for us. How could this be? And, and that's, you know, a little bit of denial, um, but a little bit of guilt as well. Um, I was feeling guilty that maybe I hadn't done more or that I should have insisted that he sleep in the other room as soon as I became sick. Um, I was very angry with God for taking him from me. Um, I just, um, you know, I, I, I did feel a lot of anxiety and, uh, and fear, like what's going to happen to me now? Um, am I going to be able to continue, um, you know, just on my paycheck, <laughs> um, for the rest of my life kind of thing. Um, and, uh, um, so I, you know, I thought about that. I felt a little depressed at times, um, you know, but we just, you know, I just kept saying, saying to myself, you know, what's, you know, what's next? I just kept waiting for another shoe to drop. <laughs> so. Well, and it sounds like you pretty much had to take one day at a time. In fact, maybe one hour at a time just to get through this, this immediate period. Is that correct? 
Yes. And, 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 you know, you feel very isolated, especially during COVID, you know, where you couldn't get together with other people and people couldn't come and they couldn't comfort you and hug you and, and that sort of thing. Well, and listening to what Cindy's describing, Beth, do people experience the loss and the symptoms of grief differently? I mean, in terms of physical health and emotional symptoms and mental health, what, what do you see as a leader at, in GriefShare? I think that there are differences between people, but certainly all of the things that Cindy described are often mentioned by people walking through grief. I wanted to add uh, one thing that was uh, my own experience of grief uh, came after caring for my parents uh, and they were not here in Virginia. And so I was away from my family and my mother died first and then my father followed in within a month. And um, one of the things that I felt that I had, I was so surprised by that I always try to share with people, especially people who have been uh, caregiving uh, someone that has had a long illness was relief. And then I felt guilty for feeling relief that I was gonna be released from the caregiving that I had, you know, that was so intense. And so I think that um, grief is complicated enough without guilting yourself over like what Cheryl said that I mean, what Cindy just said about, um, you know, should she have this? Should she have that? And many people uh, share that. Many people feel will say words like they felt like they were losing their minds. They couldn't recognize people's names or they couldn't pull people's names out of their heads that they knew for years and years that they feel like they're walking around in a fog, you know, that they're they're functioning. And then for those of us who have a friend or acquaintance or coworker who is, is grieving, you look at them, they look normal. And so you don't even realize the struggles that they're having. And to that point then, Beth, do you see that there are certain factors that could determine how a person grieves? Might it be, you know, in your case, you were talking about your parents, whereas Cindy was talking about her husband. Or is it their physical or uh, mental or emotional makeup? Are there different factors that might determine how a person grieves? What have you seen? Yes, there are many factors that determine how we grieve. And and I think the common uh, thread, kind of back to the beginning of what is grief, uh, is if you have had a deep, loving relationship with someone and you lose them, then you know that's going to be, I guess, the first factor of how deep the the grief you may walk through is. The way a person dies can affect the way you grieve. You know, if somebody dies suddenly, if somebody um, is murdered, if somebody commits suicide, um, there can that is a factor. Um, there can often be a PTSD that comes at a death of a person. And um, those, you've got to treat those things. And, and um, denial can be a factor. I think that there is a certain period of time immediately after a death where you're almost numb. It's like you, uh, you truly are 
walking through a fog. I remember when I went back to work um, and I was in the office and I felt like I was standing up. I was walking around doing work, but then I felt like I was up in the air watching myself do do uh, work. You know, it, it was, it's just a very strange uh, period of time. But yes, there are many factors that can um, determine how a person grieves. One thing that comes to mind also about whether the loss comes suddenly, and it's certainly for Cindy and John, that was the case, totally unexpected, as opposed to maybe somebody who has lingered with a, an illness for quite some time, and there is an expectation that it is a terminal illness. That sounds like that's that does make a difference that the grieving already maybe even starts while the person is still alive. Have you seen that? Sometimes that's true, but I've I've also seen kind of uh, different pieces when you when you consider that question, Cheryl. And um, one is, I would say one of the situations that you would look at and you would think, oh gosh, these people must feel such a relief. And that is if someone has been in a nursing home with Alzheimer's for years and you would look at that death almost as an outsider, as, um, oh, the, the person has been released, both the person who was ill with Alzheimer's and the caregiver. But in fact, it can be as devastating of a loss because that caregiver their whole life has been dedicated to taking care of that person. And now the person's gone and they feel a real sense of um, just being at sea. Like what is their purpose now? Um, So it's, it's kind of an interesting, it it was an interesting thing for me to learn as a grief share leader um, because prior to leading grief share, other than the, my own personal loss, I had certain, attitudes and assumptions about deaths. And uh, when you think about someone struggling with cancer, you might think, well, I know this person, we have been given this diagnosis, we have been told it's terminal, we have been told to expect this many weeks or months. And so again, I would assume that the the remain, you know, the person who's that loses the family member would be um prepared for that loss. But, you know, they they want to be with the person as they're alive, not as they're, you know, they still have hope that some miracle might happen. And so there are some people who grieve um, to some degree before they lose their person, um, but others still, it's, it's still, uh, I'd say probably more people find it still as traumatic. Okay. Well, and that explains again that each person uh, grieves differently depending on the circumstances. Cindy, I wanted to get back to you. And as you experienced the loss of, of John, did you discover or experience certain myths or facts about grief and grieving, perhaps how people reacted to to the death or said things maybe that that you know you reacted to differently than perhaps they expected what what was your experience insofar as grief and and grieving 
Oh, there's been a lot of talk, you know, in the past about, you know, the stages of grief. You know, you go through these set stages and when you get to that final stage, then you're released kind of from your grief. And and that's just not true. Um, you know, I, they talk about, you know, um, anger or um, depression and acceptance. And, you know, you can go through uh, something. One of You can go through like try to try to explain this um you know I, I would feel like i was doing much much better but then something would happen and i'd get angry again you know i and uh and it's like well did i, did I have to go back to that stage so i i didn't want to look at it that way it, it it grief is a journey and um and we all go through it you know differently um one of the myths is that grief is predictable well I guess it is in some respects, but, um, but again, you know, we all do it individually. Um, you know, my grief and how I'm grieving my husband is different than how my daughter is grieving, um, her dad and uh, how my son is grieving his dad. Um, you know, um, they said grief is all about letting go. That's another myth. Um, and it's really not about letting go because, you know, we're going to continue. I'm not going to let go of my memories of my husband um, and, and forget about him. Um, it, it's um, I have this bond with him that I will have forever. Um, uh, another one, uh, another myth is that um that we we need closure you know somebody said to me you know well maybe after you have his funeral you'll have closure uh, maybe after you do this you'll have closure uh, moving into to my new house i'll have closure but i, I don't know that it's that that it, i'll ever have closure per se um but um you know, I just will continue to process. So, so those those are some of the myths um, and uh, the facts. You know, like I said, some of the facts is that um, you know we have our own paths to grieving, and and uh, grief isn't relinquishing our ties to our loved ones. There are always going to be those ties. Um, and another fact is that um, you know you, you may be grieving your loss, but in addition to that loss, you're going to have some secondary losses as well. Um, you know, you, I've lost the, the I, I'm no longer a couple, I'm a single and um, I've lost, you know, that I was John's wife, um, you know, and uh, so it, it's, it's now about, well, what am, you know, who am I now? What am I going to be doing with, uh, with my life now? that, um, you know, that I'm a, a widow, um, and, uh, you know, just, uh, realize all deaths are difficult and, um, and this one has been particularly difficult and, uh, you know, that's a fact. Um, but, um, I'm looking for a, a purpose, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, that I'll be doing. <laughs> so I just wanted to add to what Cindy said that um, one of the things that we learn in Grief Share is that grief is messy and chaotic. And I think that the, the myth about the stages kind of in, infers that it's going to be a linear process and you start at A 
and you end at Z and then you're done and everything is whatever. And that the emotions are fast and overwhelming and there are many emotions and they can overwhelm you. So I think that's another fact of grief. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and yes. one quick thing, and then I we're going to have to take a break here, but I also was wondering if, and either one of you could answer, if sometimes the reaction of people because of your loss, Cindy, was that difficult? Do some people have difficulty kind of talking with you about it? Or what was your experience there? Well, <laughs> oh, um, because of COVID, you know, like I said earlier, people were not able to be with me um, and and grieve with me, you know, uh, together. Um, I've had, John had a lot of friends that, you know, of course, were friends of mine as well, and all of us very close. And, um, and I, I could see, you know, I could see through my grief that they were grieving as well. And, and some of them grieving just as deeply as I was for him. Um, and that was very, very difficult. I, I have a friend that uh, a neighbor that lived across the lives across the street from us. Um, and uh, he has not been able to, <clears throat> excuse me, to uh, come to any of our uh, celebrations or anything that we've had for John, uh, because his grief is still so deep, I believe. And, um, I, you know, so, uh, that has been really, really hard for us, uh, too. We'll talk a little bit more in the second half of the program about the process uh, for you, Cindy, deciding to join a, a grief support group. And, and we'll get into that. And we'll talk a lot about grief share as well. But going to take a short break right now in case you tuned in late. My two guests today uh, are Beth Anton, who is the leader of a grief share group in Northern Virginia. And my second guest is Cindy Uncles, who is a widow and Grief Share group participant. And you're listening to WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. We'll be right back. Aging Matters is brought to you in part by Kathy Corridan, Senior Real Estate Specialist. Kathy is a realtor with KW Metro Center in Alexandria and works with seniors in Alexandria, Arlington, and D.C. to make selling their home and moving less stressful and more successful. More information is available at 703-971-7237 or ccatkw at gmail.com. Welcome back. We are talking today with Beth Anton, who is the leader of a grief share group in Northern Virginia, and Cindy Uncles, a widow and a grief share group participant. And the first half, we talked a lot about grief and the experience that Cindy has had. And I want to now lead into the next step in Cindy, your life, and Let's start by asking you, Cindy, what was the process for deciding to join the grief support group? What did you need most at this time and what were you looking for? Well, I I needed somebody to talk to who was um, not, you know, not a family member or somebody who was not a close friend, somebody who could be objective 
to um, what I had, you know, what I had to say and what I was feeling. And and I needed someone to give me some guidance, um, you know, on what what I should do and how I could go through uh, my grief. And uh, so my my daughter uh, found a program through her uh, employment uh, called Able to. And it was a, a program that uh, they pair you with a counselor and a life coach. And we would talk on the telephone um, once a week to each of the, the people. So it was twice a week for me, for both of these people, and uh, and talk about different things. And we they would come up with different topics and that sort of thing. So I looked into that and uh, as she was doing, as my d- daughter Christine was doing it, and um And so during that particular time, my counselor said to me, have you thought about joining a grief group? Somebody, you know, a group where you can talk and share your loss with other people who have had losses as well. And she recommended Grief Share to me. And quite honestly, I resisted for quite a while. Um, I just didn't feel like I was prepared to, to share my grief with anybody else um, except for her and family and so forth. But I, eventually I, I made the connection and, um, and got in touch with Beth and she got back in touch with me and we talked for a while, a good long while about the, the program. And, um, and so, <clears throat> excuse me. And so I decided that I was going to give this a go. And um, it was uh, it was very simple. Um, but I needed at, at that point, then I needed to be able to talk about my grief with other people who had experienced that as well. So I started. <laughs> and and what I was going to ask you was, what was the, the time frame then between the time that John passed away and when you joined this grief support group? Um, let's see, he passed away in April. Um, I think, I think I started towards the end of May. Okay. Um, the session had already started and, um, you know, it's a, a 12 week, 12 week program, I believe, which we'll talk about 13. Okay. And, um, and it had already started. That was one of my concerns was, oh, can I just jump into this, you know, now? And, uh, and Beth reassured me that, yes, I, I certainly could uh, jump in at this time. And, um, and so I found it very comforting. uh, And um, it, it was very, very helpful for me at that time. Okay, well, so let's let's get an overview about grief share. You uh, mentioned it briefly, Beth, when we first started the the program here. But give us more details. What what is grief share? The purpose of the organization, and also, I was just wondering: is it a faith based group or is it affiliated with a religious group? Uh, what would you tell us? Grief share is a network of thousands of grief recovery support groups meeting around the world. Grief Share is a program with direction and purpose. With Grief Share, you will learn how to walk the journey of grief and be supported on the way. It is a place where grieving people find healing and hope. Um, So the purpose of the organization is to walk alongside people who have lost somebody to death, as I said at the outset, and um, 
to support them. We want the the space, the meeting space to be safe. It's a covenant or a confident, confidential group so that when people share in the group, we ask that they, um, you know, not gossip or talk about it uh, outside of the group because we really do these, um, we are, when we are walking through grief, we're fragile. And um, so it needs to be a place where someone feels safe to share it. Um, let's see, it is, it is um, uh, Bible based and Christ centered. However, it is not, it is a non-denominational program and there is no um, requirement whatsoever that somebody is a Christian, a churchgoer, um, you know, we are all God's children and, and we need to help one another in this terrible time of grief. I didn't know whether you had said that, but I just wanted to verify, are these located throughout the world? They are located throughout the world. And I want to just share at this point, if you don't mind, um, Cheryl, that there's a website, which is griefshare.org. And I think on the first page of the website is a blank for find a group. And you can put in a zip code, you can put in a town, there's different ways. And the website will actually then come back with the results of groups. And you can um, modify your search parameter by number of miles, you know, uh, of where you live. Um, but they are uh, in, I know they're in uh, New Zealand and South Africa. I've seen... Um, uh, posts by leaders in those countries and uh, and other countries. So um, it really is a pretty simple, they have a really simple way of finding a group near you. Okay. And then take us to the next step. You, Cindy mentioned that she was concerned about the fact that her group had started already. So walk us through yes. how the Grief Share program works. What What is the format? Also, maybe we should back up one step before we get into the format is, is there a process for signing up? You just gave the website and how do you assign individuals to a group and is there a cost? So give us kind of an overview there first and then talk about the group itself. Sure. Well, as um, I added to Cindy, it is a 13-week um, series of meetings and we view the grief share ministry uh, as a as an emergency room ministry. So, in other words, if you are you've broken your leg, you don't wait uh, three months to go to the emergency room, or you don't wait a week to go to the emergency room. So, we we um, at our church we offer grief share really year-round taking a few weeks off in between. And different different um, programs do different things, and you just have to speak with each one. But the Grief Share program is a 13-week video-based program. And um, uh, each week has a, a different topic. And um, there's really three parts to Grief Share. One is the videos, which are professional people talking to us through the, the video uh, format. Um, and those videos run 30 to 40 minutes. 
And then we have uh, a discussion time where we're talking with one another in kind of a um, subject led uh, to a degree. It's not just a free form discussion of what we've listened to, what it, uh, how it spoke to each one of us, um, what questions does somebody have? And we certainly talk about individuals' struggles um, through the weeks as we're together, which is the support we give each other. And then there's a workbook that goes with the program. And that's the only cost to the program is the workbook, which is $15. Um, and each person has their own workbook. And there's a um, daily kind of, I don't want to call it exercise or homework, but in very, very brief, again, going back to knowing how uh, your ability to concentrate when you're in grief is, is greatly impacted. And so this is not like you're going to a studying some big book. It's a very, um, just very short daily um, exercises, short prayer, short Bible verse, and then a suggestion they uh, toward um, writing down some of your feelings. Um, so when you go in on the find a group uh, function of the website, it will bring up the churches who are having um, grief share, you know, that are offering grief share. It will show that that uh, churches uh, meeting times when the when the series began, and so of course that's what Cindy was able to see that we had already started, and um, so all a back. Uh, so excuse me. So then when you click on the church, um, then you go to a place where you can register, and or you can send a message to the leader. So I will often get I might get a message from somebody interested in grief share who wants to ask a little more about the program, or they can actually register for that set session that's going on. I often tell people grief share is not like taking a calculus class where if you miss a week, now you're, you're going to fail grief. You know, you're, you come when you're able to come. Everybody's got busy lives and sometimes you're just too tired to come. And, um, you know, we've, but we've had people join us uh, tonight we're having our 13th session. So tonight will be our last session of this summer series. Um, we'll start again the Monday after um, Labor Day. But we have had people come that last session and they're they're encouraged. If, if they don't remember what anybody said or what was on the video, they feel so happy to be somewhere in a place where other people get what they're going through. And that's really the, a critical piece of it. Okay, well, Cindy, I'd like to hear from you about the group that, that you're in. When you signed up, you already talked about, you know, it had already started, but talk about the size of your group, how often you meet, how long is each session, did you feel a bond immediately with the people there or how, how did that work? Give, give us an overview of, of what happened. Well, um, the size varies from week to week. We've had, I believe, uh, upwards to 12 to 15 people at, at a session. Um, and sometimes there's only four of us along with our leaders. And, um, 
uh, so it, it, it just varies as Beth was saying, you know, you come when you, when you can and, and, uh, you know, there are sessions I've missed because of, uh, vacation and that sort of thing. And it's fine to do that, but we, we meet every week, um, for the 13 weeks and, uh, each session is two hours long. Um, and that includes, as Beth would say, it includes watching the video and then um, our discussion after that. Um, and were you meeting uh, via Zoom? Yes. All of our, uh, when I first started last year, yes, everything was uh, via Zoom. And um, and you asked whether or not I had an immediate bond with anyone, but um, and it was hard because because we were meeting via Zoom. Uh, I would often think, oh, I just you know I would love to talk to so and so after the meeting, which you could do if you were meeting in person. Right. Um, you know, you have those parking lot talks and and whatever. But um, but you know, so that part was really hard. Um, um, to be able to do. But um, but I think, you know, like I say, when I first contacted Beth and we talked for a very long time, um, I, I just I felt a bond with you, Beth, <laughs> that, that day. And um, and so it kept me coming back, you know, because I just I felt very welcomed and um, felt very comfortable and at ease with the group. And are you still meeting via Zoom or are you meeting in person again with masks or what what's the situation? We are we are doing it uh virtually and in person. If you feel comfortable to come in person then you can certainly come in person. Um and uh, but if you want it, some of our members, some of the people in our group don't live close enough to the church to um, get there for the meetings. And so for them, it's been great that we've continued uh, with doing the virtual as well. Okay. And Beth, I wanted to hear a little bit more about, you mentioned about the videos and this kind of thing. Talk a little bit more about the format and particularly your role as the leader. Do you encourage people to participate? What if somebody decides they don't want to talk? How do you as the leader help facilitate the the meeting? Well, I think I've described kind of the way the the flow of the meeting with the, uh, and Cindy uh, seconded the the way that our meetings roll. The leader's role is really, and we really like to use the word more of a facilitator, is to facilitate conversation. And it is okay not to talk. However, we know that part of healing comes from talking and, and healing may, that talking may come out in weeping and that's okay. You know, we try to um, assure people that crying is a natural part of reaction to grief. And uh, so there, I think early on as people are sharing their stories there are tears and we, we do try to, we tell them it's, it's okay, our participants not to talk. But on the other hand, we do also encourage them to talk. And uh, uh, even if there are brief answers or, you know, they're not able to kind of put a, bring themselves together to, to talk that they, that they don't have to talk. But 
again, back to the purpose of grief share is to help people heal and um, being supporting each other is part of healing, um, talking through what the things are that you've experienced as part of healing. Somebody, one participant might say, I'm angry with God. That was one thing Cindy mentioned, and many people feel that. And then other people will say, yeah, I've really struggled with that. I don't understand why this happened. So that's that's helpful for, for us all to know we're not standing alone with some of these feelings. And the only way we know that is if people talk. So I would say it's both. Okay. <laughs> they don't have to talk and yet I'll call on them to talk. So, well, and, and you mentioned about the videos and are there different kinds of topics then that you, you, you said it's 13 weeks uh, that you have a different topic each week and, and how do you determine that maybe between the two of you, you could give some examples of, of some of these topics that are discussed during these meetings. What, what do you talk about and how? Well, I have the actual list of topics, which, uh, you know, that'd be kind of long, but I can give you a few that are samples just to give you an idea. So the first session, the title of the first session is, Is This Normal? And it's common responses to the death of a loved one. And so um, that's a really great uh a video and conversation starter for our participants um, because so much of, if someone has just kind of been in their house and not been able to talk with somebody, it's good to just simply know that what they're feeling and uh, experiencing is normal and not to feel like they're losing their minds. And, you know, so another one is why, our sixth session is why, and that is uh, the pervasive question that we all have over the loss of somebody. Guilt and anger, stuck, people getting stuck, the journey of grief, lessons of grief, um, and what do I live for now, which will be our session this evening. Yeah, Cindy, were there particular topics that resonated more with you um, during the attendance at these groups? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, definitely the guilt and anger session. <laughs> I believe I talked a lot during that one after we watched the video. Um, you know, that one really hit, excuse me, hit home for me. Um, the, the question of why. Um, as well, um, and and now, of course, it, it's the what do I what do I live for now? And and I, I meant to say earlier, you know, this is my third session of grief share, so I've been you know through through this series three times now, <laughs> and um, you know, and so I'm still uh, concerned about you know what um, what do I live for now? Um, and, uh, I'm still looking for that, you know, that, that answer. Um, but, uh, uh, I think I have a more clear picture of it now. So what I'm hearing is, is that if you want to go through the whole grief, uh, support program again, and more than once, and that's okay. Does that happen a lot, Beth? Uh, are there many members like Cindy that do this program more than once? 
It's an interesting question. What the Grief Share parent or parent organization really recommends is that people go through it at least twice. And part of the reason, even, and you can kind of get this from what Cindy has shared, is that you're at a different place from month to month, you know, as the months go by. And so when a participant comes a second time or third time, and they're watching these videos, they will say things like, I swear, I know I was here for that session, but I don't remember hearing that. Well, they weren't at a place, it, it didn't relate, they didn't relate to that piece in the, in the video or, or, you know, in the um, discussion. And so it is, we will also have people who will come, maybe they come right after the death. Well, they're, they just decide um, it's kind of too early for me. You know, Cindy really came pretty quickly after her loss. Um, and they'll come back maybe in a year. We'll have people that'll come through it and they know that next year on the anniversary, it's going to be tough and they come back. And so we don't really have any uh, rules, I guess I would say, about that. Okay. And I was also wondering, Cindy, since you're still in the group, are you in contact with any of the people that are in your grief share group outside of, of the meeting? Is there Are there any rules about that? And are you likely, after you leave the group permanently, will you be in touch uh, with these people, perhaps interact socially? And so I kind of would like to hear from you, Cindy, as to what you anticipate. And then what what's standard, Beth, in, in so far as other individuals who participate in these programs? Well, I have not um, I have not done anything socially with um, anybody outside the group. Um, and like I said earlier, it's, it's a little harder to to form a bond uh, over Zoom than uh, than it is in, in person. Um, I, there are people that, um, I would love to stay in touch with that have been in group and people who, you know, we haven't seen for a few weeks and, um, would like to know how they're doing, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, but I don't know, it, I guess it just will kind of depend, um, on, uh, where, where I go from here as to, uh, whether or not, um, any any socialization will occur after this. And Beth, what have you seen? Well, I, I see different things. And I think what Cindy, the point she makes is good because we will see sometimes where people within a group have kind of struck up a special friendship. And I see that they stay in touch, you know, for a long time afterwards. Um, I certainly think even without a formal moving forward with a, you know, socialization, you know, getting together socially after the group is over. I would say these folks care so much for one another when they're together. I think it is a bond that um, they'll always have. Um, it's really humbling to see people who are in so much pain reaching out and caring for each other. It's, it's really a pretty amazing thing. Do you also recommend, and this could be either Cindy or Beth, are there any other resources that are available after 
you you know the the grief share program is finished that maybe address other kind of needs in the grief or loss but maybe not so much what's provided in grief share uh, what would you tell me or tell us we don't have a we don't have a formal i would say that would almost be a one-on-one conversation that i would have with the participant to understand what they need moving forward, if they even would come and have a conversation with me. You know, there are other resources. There are many, many resources for um, support and connection. Um, And so, you know, I think if someone comes to me and says, uh, I really would like to be a part of a Bible study, for instance, then I could plug them into um, that kind of a group. Cindy, did you have anything to add or? Um, well, there, Grief Share does have a couple of other standalone sessions. Uh, one is um, called uh, Grieving uh, the Death of Your Spouse. And another one is um, the Surviving the Holidays is another one. And so those are standalone ones that, um, that if you feel like you need uh, something more uh, then there are, there are those sessions that you can attend as well. And I have done both of those. Okay. I wanted to add one thing, Cheryl, just quickly, is that sometimes people will say, when should I go to a grief share group? You know, when should I join a group? And we, we touched a little bit on uh, Cindy's journey with that. And I just wanted to share two anecdotes with you um, of past participants we had. We had a young woman come a number of years ago who had lost her 18-month-old son. And he had died, I think, eight or nine years before I didn't even know she um, had had a son. And uh, she came to Grief Share and and really worked, did the work, the grief work that she had not done when she lost her son. And I got uh, an email from her the next year and she said, um, it's my son's birthday. This is the first year that I have not been drunk the whole day uh, after losing him. And we had a gentleman, an older gentleman come one time who had lost his wife like Thursday and he came on Monday, which was pretty daggone fast. Right. Uh, and he, but he shared how much just being there with people, he didn't live in the area. He just, I mean, really, he just kind of, I don't know how he found us, but um, he was so encouraged to just be with people that knew how he felt. So I just wanted to kind of give those two ends of the spectrum, if you will. Um, the grief share can can be something, even if your loss was some time ago. Okay, well, and thank you for those those particular examples of how grief share can help. And we are totally out of time now, but if you could just give the website address one more time, Beth. Griefshare.org. And my phone number is 703-470-8821. If someone has trouble finding the uh, website, I'd be happy to, to help them. All right. Well, I want to thank Beth Anton with Griefshare and Cindy Uncles, a widow and Griefshare participant, for joining me today. And if you'd like to learn about Aging Matters, you can visit our website, which is agingmattersonline.com. And at this site, access all Aging Matters radio and TV show content, as well as the podcasts 
on Apple and Spotify, which this program will be broadcast on after today's show. And you can also subscribe to the Aging Matters newsletter and receive updates about new radio shows and TV episodes. Aging Matters is produced in association with Ink Mouth Media, and more information about that organization can be found on inkmouthmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Aging Matters today, and remember, age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week. Aging Matters on WERA is brought to you in part by Synergy Home Care. Synergy Home Care provides premier in-home care for you or your loved one throughout Northern Virginia, including personal care, homemaker services, companion and memory care, and transportation. Call 703-558-3435 or visit SynergyHomeCare.com for more information. Synergy Home Care will find a care solution to meet your needs.